0: we are here to help we know that music rights are complicated and hope that we are a friendly friendly face and a friendly voice to talk to uh even share your frustrations about about copyright and licensing and yeah you know we we are very much here to help
1: Welcome back to the stage the official Performing Arts Podcast of the NFHS. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and our guest today is Chantel Epp. Chantel is the founder and CEO of Click & Clear. She is a multiple award-winning business founder and owner, an international cheerleader, and there's so much more that we'll touch on throughout our conversation today. Uh, but Chantel, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me, Ken.
1: Of course. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our time together today. Um, And as we get into our conversation, the first question that I want to ask you is, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up and how did you get to where you are now?
0: Yeah, I uh, always had an affinity to music always loved it. I was doing, I don't know, piano, violin and all of that since like the age of four. Um, I was also very interested in technology and I did go through a phase of my life where I thought I wanted to be a robotic engineer um, but there wasn't really opportunities for that at school so uh, I very much continued down the path of music and did all the choirs and orchestras uh, whilst at school and, and ended up going to university to, to do music and um, ended up in, in my career now. Um, always had a desire to be a leader, um, not necessarily a founder, that was something that kind of came later on in my life. My mum started her own dental practice and I think that kind of inspired me to um, do something on my own but music was always a common theme throughout my life.
1: Yeah, who knew you would be doing what you're doing now? That is so crazy. And speaking of what you're doing, why in, why did you start Clicking Clear? That's such a fascinating story that I love to hear.
0: Yeah, it's uh, essentially because cheerleading got sued. Um, <laughs> so that's the main reason. A um, bit more backstory there, obviously being involved in music for so long uh, and, and I was working in music licensing when a major label sued cheerleading Um, well a number of organizations within cheerleading I was in the right place at the right time to solve the problem the company I was working for had sadly gone into administration um, before it got bought out by another organization Um, I was international world champion cheerleader um, had a music production company that made mixes and so I understood the process from all sides and when that lawsuit happened I knew the complexities of licensing that there was no simple way of doing it uh, and that that's really why I started the company.
1: Wow, wow. What's been the most challenging part of starting your own company?
0: I think because we're building technology and quite a lot of it, um, finding funding in order to get started was always the challenge. You know, the idea, getting it all down on paper, that was kind of the easy stuff. It was then actually executing it and building it bit by bit, understanding what we can achieve and how we can achieve it and where we can get the funds to do so. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, funding is, is, is a very challenging space.
1: Yeah. 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 We've been lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, you just mentioned you've always knew that you've wanted to work in music, but you didn't know what obviously, um, How did your experiences in music as a child or as, you know, a a young woman, how did that shape the career that you've had so far?
0: I was always interested in the performing side of music, playing piano, violin, guitar, singing. I was in all the choirs and orchestras, as I mentioned, um, at at school. And I, I really, like, I think growing up, you see the music industry, but you don't really know what's behind the music industry you see mm-hmm. the artists performers and and that's super cool but you never really know what's kind of behind it and I was very much interested in in that but at school you don't learn about when you study music you don't learn about the business of music you learn about classical music and chord structures and notation and reading sheet music and music theory all good stuff um but I was more interested in the business side of things and I found a course at university at the University of Westminster which is where I studied and they had this degree called commercial music that covered performing production and business so it was kind of everything in the industry and it really opened my eyes to all the different opportunities that there are in the industry um, a lot of it was coursework and it was there where I started my first company, where I started this music production company, having never really done production before. And that shaped, that very much shaped my career. Uh, one of my lecturers suggested that I go into music supervision, which is essentially finding music that fits briefs for ad campaigns, films, and so on, and and that was kind of the the route i then took into the industry which naturally falls into licensing because as you're searching for music for advertising or online content you then need to license it and i kind of fell in love with the complexities of copyright believe it or not (laughs) (laughs) um i did at university we did also cover music law and i found that fascinating and did consider going into music law but I didn't want to read long documents all day every day yeah. but here I am doing just that
1: <laughs> oh man <laughs> the irony yeah for real and wow that's that is really fascinating how i mean it kind of kind of came full circle a little bit um and i think one thing that i didn't know uh coming into this profession was like you just mentioned like how much it goes on behind the scenes in music and I think you can speak to this more than I can like how did you find all of the opportunities that were in music besides obviously that class and uh, majoring in and what you did
0: I think it was largely just when I when I left university I started working this company called Q songs which is a music licensing company catering for sort of the YouTube market uh, and it was originally founded by Peter Gabriel from Genesis, super cool company. And it was my first introduction to tech. So that's where I first learned, oh, okay, music tech is a thing. Um, but also that was where I really got introduced to music publishing, to record labels, how that all works, collecting societies. We were dealing with the MCPS, who are the Mechanical Collecting Society here in the UK. I was working PRS and PPL. Um, and I really through the licensing process you know you have to speak to the writers sometimes the managers and, and the publishers so you really do get involved in a lot of different areas of the industry and I think it was in that first job a little bit of university but largely in that first job um, where I gained a lot of that understanding and experience of the different avenues that you can go down outside of the traditional being an artist being a an artist manager, which was something I did consider at one point in my life, until I tried it, <laughs> um, it wasn't so much for me. Um, and yeah, that was that was really the experience.
1: Mm, yeah, I I found this random interview uh, that you did. I can't remember who it was with, but you mentioned how uh, the "She Said So" community play has played such a big factor in your success, and you know, starting Click and Clear. Can you explain how that community helped your vision, in even financially?
0: Yeah, that, uh, they're a really great community. Um, largely, initially started to support women in the music industry, but they're really open to women and allies of women in the industry. Um, I met the kind of founder of that community in my early days of starting click and clear i was still working at a record label on the side at the time and it was a really great network of people who were super supportive wanting to help mm. and i was able to reach out to groups of people whenever i was traveling to la or new york i could reach out to the group and be like hey i'm gonna be in town is anyone around who would like to meet and I'd then meet a bunch of new people, and then your network kind of grows from that, they introduce you to other people, and it kind of went from there, and they also run, um, like, not events, but they host events at conferences, and it was in the very early days, I was still on the idea stage, really, of the company, or in the very early days of signing rights holders, I think, and I went to a, canadian music week and they had a little breakfast get together with some of the people in the community and that is where i met uh, someone who works in the industry who loved what i was doing and knew a potential investor who might want to invest in the company and from that meeting a year later we ended up i ended up getting investment from this person and it's been hugely beneficial. That was really kind of enabled us to hire people, start really building out the technology, and basically taking the company to the next level. So that was a, kind of a weird way of <laughs> getting funding, but they've been very much played a key role in in that early stage.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so cool. How like different connections can lead to something that you didn't even dream of. And that that, was, that yeah. was a weird, weird kind of uh, just chance, I should say. Yeah,
0: that's where luck plays into it.
1: Yeah, exactly. How, how, how do you ma- continue making those connections and, and maintaining relationships with record labels and even media rights holders?
0: I think face-to-face time where it's possible, especially now post-pandemic, uh, yeah. is, is always the best way. Uh, So I love attending events, going to conferences, uh, networking events, whatever it is. I think that's the best way. Outside of that, I mean, we're really maintaining relationships by having regular calls where you can't necessarily be flying out to meet someone all the time. Um, But yeah, that's, that's largely how we kind of keep in touch with people. In those early days of building the company, I had a lot of connections from my previous role and I definitely uh, kind of pulled in uh, those relationships to sort of help me build the company. Um, In fact, actually, I knew someone who worked at Warner Music and when I was starting Click & Clear, I asked them if they would even entertain the idea of giving me top 40 content to license out. And they said that they were more likely to do that than uh, give the previous company I was working at top 40 content for licensing into the YouTube space. And that really gave me the confidence to go for it. Now it was a little time after that um, before we actually got the deal with Warner, but um, it it really showed me that this was worthwhile and uh, the industry were behind solving the problem as well.
1: Yeah, and how was your? Obviously, you have a background in cheerleading and music. How did that background assist in you making connections for media rights and even just people that you've you've known through this business?
0: I think my background in cheerleading definitely legitimised my understanding of the space and has given rights holders confidence in working with us because I I get it from both the music side and the sports side, and very uniquely positioned. Um but yeah, I think um I mean outside of that, we've we've done a bunch of kind of marketing and, and press releases that have helped us reach the people that we need to reach. And through cheerleading, my experiences through cheerleading, that's also helped me with the other sports and understanding sport governance, which then um helps us build those relationships with the sports which then gives us more to talk about when we're speaking to the rights holders which helps us get more content so it's just this kind of endless uh endless cycle really where all of all of my experiences really help me um get access to the right people and and maintain those relationships and help those people really understand what we're doing because I can talk the language on both sides.
1: And one thing that's so important that I've noticed in my, in starting this job uh, or my job, I should say um, is how important it is for schools and organizations and anyone really to, to educate themselves on copyright and the importance of compliance. And can you just speak on how or why is it important for those schools, organizations, companies to educate themselves on music licensing and copyright, obviously.
0: So my biggest reason is, unfortunately, not knowing isn't a valid excuse in court. Mm. And I've just seen it too many times now where organizations suffer lawsuits because they weren't aware that they were infringing copyright and that happens even outside of sports outside of schools you know it happens in the advertising space all of the time and, and it can lead to organizations going bankrupt or into administration and it's scary and it's largely because copyright is it's very old one of the oldest laws i think uh there's a lot of nuances um, a lot of differences in different countries. The music industry, I don't think, has made it easy. There is no global rights management database that exists in the industry where you can go and search music rights. There are some local ones, you know, for the US, you've got um Mechanical Licensing Collective. Uh, in the UK, we have PRS where you can search for data, but it's not crystal clear. And even still, sometimes that's incorrect. Um, music rights are just so incredibly fragmented Uh, and so I mean you almost don't want to know all the ins and outs of (laughs) outs of (laughs) it and all the horror stories but it's important to have a basic understanding of copyright and what to look for when especially when you're licensing music so you don't get caught out and I still sadly see even in cheerleading people thinking that they're licensing music and not actually getting the appropriate licenses that they need and they're still at risk even at the winter olympics last year figure skating suffered a lawsuit the athletes were using something that they thought was in public domain but the publishing rights the written lyrics and composition uh that was in the public domain but the recording they were using was from an artist who released that song in 2016 so most definitely still in copyright and they did need a license and because of just kind of missing information or misinformation uh, it does lead to people thinking they're doing the right thing or maybe they're not um, and without having at least a basic understanding you can really be at risk. Um, so you know we're we're very much here to help because I just I find it so sad when these situations happen and there will, could be been another way.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, since starting, you know, uh, working with Click & Clear with the, with the NFHS, um, I've really noticed how serious Click & Clear is about this subject because, like you just said, it can lead to a lot of lawsuits and a lot of money surrendered. Um, and can you just explain how can people... That are listening to this, how can they get involved with the click and clear and making sure that they're fine, they're not breaking the law?
0: Yeah, so I mean, we have a lot of information on our website. Education is key. That's the first thing we do with any organisation we work with is collaborate on education. Um, so we have a huge amount of free educational material on our website. You've also got the World Intellectual Property Office, um, where more information about copyrights it pertains to different countries. Um, can be found but in terms of um, yeah getting involved with us we can arrange educational webinars you can sign up start licensing music if you need to if you're one of the organizations that need to start licensing you can reach out to us by email and start a conversation about how we can support you with education licensing and, and also verification we have our great verification system which really helps uh, organizations know and understand whether or not music has been licensed and is really there to help protect and eliminate any legal risk um so yeah i think i feel like we're relatively easy to get in touch with i don't i don't hide our email address <laughs> away anywhere and <laughs> you can always connect with me on linkedin if that's a site that you use um but yeah we're, we're always happy to help and i hope that the educational resources we have on our site are are useful
1: mm-hmm yeah and they absolutely are and what is one thing that you want every educator administrator one coach or director to know about click and clear
0: we are here to help we know that music rights are complicated and hope that we are a friendly friendly face and a friendly voice to talk to Uh, even share your frustrations about about copyright and licensing um and yeah you know we we are very much here to help
1: mm-hmm. yeah i can speak to that absolutely like you all of your team uh are very transparent and have great communication skills so it's it's a very big thank you uh, part of what you do um but Chantel, as we do start to wrap up today i i have a couple more questions for you uh and this first one is obviously about women and empowering women And that subject you are an inspiration to women all over i mean you've you've uh, won awards for uh, upcoming founders in this industry how how do you encourage and advocate for women in leadership roles within the creative industry space
0: well Percy, thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> um i guess i largely try to lead by example uh, i often like to go against the grain and do things that people think uh, isn't possible um so even in my cheerleading i very much pioneered disability inclusive cheerleading and was uh, a stunt duo with my partner who's a wheelchair user and he was throwing me up in the air and we're doing skills that people never thought was possible to do <laughs> from a wheelchair Um so I, I like to surprise people and I often put myself in situations that challenge people's thinking so I've got a baby now um, I have been known to bring her to conferences with me she's a great networking tool um, <laughs> so really you know getting getting the most out of that but yeah I think showing people that it's possible and trying to normalize especially women in business with babies trying to normalize that is is another kind of big um, focus for me right now and I try in terms of advocating I try and share my experiences on LinkedIn take opportunities to share my story with youth groups on conference panels podcasts just like this (laughs) Um, and I don't just advocate for women I advocate for a lot of disability inclusion as well and and other minority groups but um, I would say disability inclusion is is one of my my big focuses
1: Hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of the pictures of you uh, carrying your baby at some conferences on LinkedIn, and I'm like, "Wow, that's so cool!" And I, I think I really do agree. Like that should be a normal part of society because that yeah. that is a really big part of what women do as mothers. But that's really that's yeah. really cool and to see. It's
0: harder nowadays, you know, because there's always so much more going on in life that trying to juggle everything um makes it quite challenging so i think just be, having more freedom to bring your kids where you go and having the choice to do so and that being accepted is is only going to be positive for everyone less stress and less money on childcare. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i can imagine that and uh this last question i had for you it really just ties into uh the what we do at the nfhs what was your favorite activity in high school or grade school and how formative was that for you now
0: Well, I think kind of goes without saying, but music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I loved at school. I loved being involved in the orchestra and the choirs. I do miss it in my kind of day-to-day life now. I did musical theater too, which I really enjoyed. Um, So I'm really, yeah, those definitely the activities that I enjoyed a lot. Ironically, I wish that I did uh some form of gymnastics or cheerleading had they they did offer gymnastics but I wasn't a very sporty individual which is kind of ironic given that I then um went to the world championships in cheerleading <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm now heavily involved in in lots of sports but uh yeah I think definitely my childhood shaped um shaped my career and the activities I did are very much still things I do and enjoy today
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah wow Chantel I I really do appreciate you coming on today Uh, what you do and the entire Click and Clear team do really just inspire all of us at the NFHS and we're really appreciative of all the work that you do so thank you
0: thank you it's really great working with you all
1: absolutely alright well for all the listeners out there please remember to subscribe to the show and share it with someone that you think will be impacted uh, by what was discussed today or someone that needs to get some copyright uh, knowledge going Uh, but Thank you so much for listening and I hope to catch you next time on stage.